0: Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Elphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are taking you back to presumably where the 90s may have began and that is the year 1990. We're doing May 27th through June 2nd in that wonderful year. Want to start it Connor?
1: Absolutely I do. May 27th. Drug Lord evades capture as he terrorizes Colombia. Wily and nervous as a hunted fox, and maybe more than a little crazed, Pablo Escobar manages to stay a step ahead of the Colombian anti-narcotics forces as they dog-trail him from hideout to hideout. At the height of his career, Pablo Escobar supplied an estimated 80% of the cocaine smuggled into the United States, and he was later shot and killed by Colombian National Police in 1993. There's a super cool story. I'm sure that most listeners are familiar with this, but I read somewhere uh, that Pablo Escobar was spending like thousands of dollars a month in rubber bands for his money because rats kept chewing them.
0: You have a lot of money when you're spending thousands of dollars on like rubber bands. Right. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I guess we'll move on to May 28th. An Alaskan railroad train derails 19 tank cars near Dunbar. Approximately 170,000 US gallons, US gallons, uh, that's 640,000 liters of diesel and jet fuel are spilled. The cleanup efforts lasted nearly three weeks. Also, Adopt a Grave revives two cemeteries. The Adopt a <laughs> Grave program is the linchpin in a volunteer effort that has led to the restoration of two cemeteries, and hundreds of people in Martinez, California, as well as various civic organizations, have responded to it. Uh, adoption papers for each grave come with a biography of the person buried in it, and more importantly, it comes with responsibility. A person or group adopting a grave uh, promises to care for the burial site, and as a result, the near Nearly 4,000 graves, in the two cemeteries are immaculate. That's uh, an interesting way to go about things, I guess. This
1: seems like a good thing, but also a weird one.
0: Yes definitely
1: all right moving on may 29th toronto police threatened to arrest madonna if she performs her simulated masturbation scene during her performance of like a virgin on her blonde ambition tour madonna refuses to change her show and the police decide not to press charges later denying that they had even threatened to do so a claim which was refuted by footage captured during the filming of madonna's 1991 documentary truth or dare holy shit everyone masturbates on stage now
0: exactly it's weird if you don't
1: we've come so far
0: we have also lighten up her. Toronto police. They're just a buzzkill right now.
1: It's true. They're raiding pot shops currently.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh also it is it's good to have some Canadian news in here because, you know, we're Canadian.
1: True. Also on this date, uh Mikhail Gorbachev visits uh, Ottawa for a total of 29 hours, which is like 24 hours more than you need in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, I think last time I was in Ottawa, I was probably <laughs> there for maybe 12 hours. Ottawa is
1: actually pretty great. That's a joke
0: about Ottawa. No, I need I, I need to go back to Ottawa on like an actual day day and you know visit things and it's pretty see pretty cool it's place. like um, but for real last time i was there it was like 12 hours long uh moving on to may 30th smoking ban proposed for restaurants a measure would give la the toughest regulations of any major city presumably in the u.s an industry spokesman calls the idea extreme The measure which requires approval of the council and mayor Tom Bradley is expected to bring strong opposition from restaurant owners. It's similar to one adopted by the resort town of Aspen, Colorado. Currently, Los Angeles restaurants with seating more than 50 are required to designate non-smoking areas. Now, we all know that California didn't do anything like this until at least 1993 or else we wouldn't have had the restaurant scene in Mrs. Doubtfire. That's true. Smoking or non-smoking. It's smoking! <laughs> That's just such a weird thing to think about. Like, it was not that long ago that we had smoking and non-smoking sections. Like, I remember going to, like, a Swiss chalet, which, to the American listeners, is a Canadian chicken restaurant, and just, you know, smoking or non-smoking.
1: Moving on to May 31st, this story is titled Hipster Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs may no longer grace the earth, but don't tell that to Stegosaurus and Dinodiplodocus. I think I almost nailed that. They and a host of other prehistoric creatures are part of an acclaimed musical adventure titled Dinosaur Rock. The Children's Quasi-Rock Opera will be performed at 7pm today at the Ventura High School Auditorium. We really dug deep for a story on May 31st. There was nothing going on in the world
0: it was uh it was a little bit rough
1: oh there's also this other little tidbit uh may 31st seinfeld starring jerry seinfeld debuted on nbc moving on june
0: 1st cold war u.s president george hw bush and soviet union leader mikhail gorbachev sign a treaty to end chemical weapons production and begin destroying their respective stockpiles uh also today e with the exclamation mark entertainment television was launched that's neat here's a cool one though nintendo Nintendo suit says Rival's device makes its games too easy. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you'll you'll see. Nintendo said today that it has filed suit against a rival toy maker, alleging that the competitor infringed its copyrights with a device that allows even novices to master the popular Nintendo video games within minutes instead of hours. This is a lawsuit against the game. Oh, shit. Yeah. Nintendo seeks to prevent Louis Galoub toys, one of the nation's 10 biggest toy makers from bringing Game Genie to market.
1: Well, that didn't go well.
0: No, I think it went amazingly because we got the Game Genie.
1: And that was the best.
0: I know, just, I don't know. The name is just just so hokey too, Game Genie. Then again, well, Game Shark wasn't any better. All right,
1: let's close out the week. June 2nd, another very busy news day.
0: Ooh, this was, this was... Like, I was down near the bottom for... You know what?
1: You should should read this.
0: Oh, yeah. This is... uh, This is you, one. Ferry joins the Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers lured Danny Ferry, the former Duke basketball star, back from Italy yesterday, signing him to a multi-year contract. The reason this is kind of a me thing is because... I know nothing about basketball. The reason I uh, kind of clinged on to this article is because until about a week ago, I didn't even know there was a team called the Cle- <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers, despite it being LeBron James's team. The only reason I do know it is because they recently faced off against the Toronto Raptors, unfortunately beating them out yesterday from the time we recorded this, and now are going on to, what is it, the finals now? Or? Yeah. Good job, LeBron.
1: <laughs> Hashtag we the other. Let's move on to movies and music at the box office. This is a good one there's some there's some gold in here and starting with the most golden of them all number one total recall
0: oh yeah
1: i have two words two words to describe this whole movie three boobs
0: This movie kind of really freaked me out as a kid. Just like the I loved of, it. Oh, I loved it too. But like it, I don't know, just the visuals, kind of that grungy early 90s dystopian future sort of thing which just kind of unsettled me. But yeah, this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Also, the whole plot of the movie is kind of unsettling, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But classic Schwarzenegger.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, what's not unsettling, though. Back to the Future Part 3 coming in at number two.
1: Ugh, oh, Biff. What a dick.
0: Oh, Biff. Well, I guess this would have been uh, Buford Mad Dog Tannen, the ancestor of Biff, played by Biff. It's funny how in the first Back to the Future, we've got uh, like what, Crispin Glover playing Marty's father. Yep. And then from then on out, any of his ancestors or descendants are just played by Michael J. Fox.
1: <laughs> That's how much they like Crispin Glover.
0: There was like a whole thing about that, wasn't there? Yeah. We'll have to look that up and touch on it at some point, because I think Back to the Future is, well, I guess it's an 80s movie, so I don't know how much we'll uh we'll touch on it but yeah. hey back to the future part two and part three that's a thing
1: uh moving down the list we've got bird on a wire number three pretty woman at number four i will openly admit that i'm not a big julia roberts fan
0: we do have a friend we went to high school with who is very much into julia roberts
1: uncomfortably so uh no, and rounding out the top five we have cadillac man otherwise though on here we have teenage mutant ninja turtles uh one of my favorite movies the hunt for red october starring a young alec baldwin
0: yeah now you know who you 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 skipped by Cadillac man. You know who stars in that? Who? Robin Williams. Oh yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie. It's uh maybe I'll watch it cuz I do at one point I think I need to watch like collectively all of his works except maybe Mork and Mindy because that's too much of an undertaking, I think.
1: Yeah. I'm down with that. Uh, What else do we have on here? Joe versus the Volcano.
0: Yeah, this is one I had to... I had no idea about this movie, but it's a uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movie.
1: It's one of their weirder ones. It's not... It's not You've Got Mail.
0: I'm going to actually read a little thing about this because I just was really perplexed with a movie called Joe versus the Volcano. Let's see. Vincent Carby of the New York Times wrote, Not since Howard the Duck has there been a big-budget comedy with feet as flat as those as Joe versus the Volcano. Many gifted people contributed to it, But there's no disbelieving the grim evidence on screen. This guy did not like this movie. Also, I need to point out at this point that despite Howard the Duck being almost a universally hated movie, I love it. Really? I love Howard the Duck. Huh. It has some of my favorite things. A walking, talking duck, Leah Thompson, and I don't know, interdimensional travel. Well,
1: I can't deny any of that.
0: Ebert liked it, though. He gave Joe vs. the Volcano 3.5 out of 4 stars.
1: How many thumbs does that come out to?
0: Let's see... 2.25 I don't know
1: two thumbs and a hangnail
0: yeah there you go all
1: right let's jump straight into the billboard hot 100 at the top number one Madonna with
0: Vogue I've talked about Vogue and I'm not going to talk about it again
1: moving down the list number two all I want to do is make love to you by heart
0: I would suggest eating and drinking and you know some other stuff in between in between the love making but hey heart do what you want
1: take a breather number three hold on Wilson Phillips
0: I love this song. It is an iconic early 90s song by Wilson Phillips, a.k.a. the Daughters of the Beach Boys.
1: Hold on for one more more day. day.
0: All right, that's enough of that. It is great. It's a
1: classic 90s song. They they, they got both of our impressions. That's nice. Uh, Yeah, we do apologize. At number four, we have All Right by Janet Jackson, which I would say is an all right song.
0: I've got nothing to say about that. I I, I didn't listen to that song. At number five. Poison
1: by Belle Bib Uh, This song's okay. I'm just, I'm not big into Belle Bib DeVoe. I do like the band name, though. It's, it rolls off the tongue.
0: I, it might get hard to say that a bunch of times. Like, it's almost a tongue twister. I want to make a note about number six. Uh, mm. It must have been Love by Roxette. I haven't actually heard this song, but since what? starting, I mean, maybe I have, but.
1: Oh, you definitely have. Yeah. Because, like, it must have been love
0: all right but it's A.
1: over now you definitely know this one i'm positive
0: i'll take your word on it but i am not like yeah, what i just want to say is i have i was not familiar with rock set at all prior to doing this podcast but dangerous the song that we covered I uh, i don't know maybe the last time we did the 90s has worked its way into my rotation of music so
1: oh yeah that's high high praise it is
0: i mean well if you saw my music it might not actually be high praise but it's just i don't know one of the reasons i wanted to do this podcast was to better connect with the 90s, and yeah, that is uh, that is a good example of it. A song I previously didn't know by a band I was previously pretty unfamiliar with has worked its way into my, you know, into my rotation.
1: Oh, that's good stuff. Um, moving down at number 7, and on its way down, we have Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor.
0: This is, I think, is remembered as one of the, like, biggest songs of this year.
1: I think so, yeah. Um, at 11, we have The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. That's a good one. Oh, nine, you've got, a uh, uh,
0: Can't Touch this by mc hammer true which is apparently called you can't touch this i never knew about that you
1: mm. Ooh, 16 and on the rise oh yeah step by step new kids on the block
0: damn right
1: that's a good one yeah
0: uh moving down the list uh we got some depeche mode we've got some b52s oh we've got our good friend michael bolton how can we be lovers at number 33
1: i think we uh we want to end on a high note oh yeah. but there's one note that's higher than michael bolton what's that at number 40, The Power by Snap.
0: This is the song I think it is, right? This is...
1: This is definitely the song that you think it is. I've got the power. All right, that just about does it for the Billboard this week. Um, oh, while we're here, it's my turn to do a Song of the Week, which is a new segment that Chris introduced last week. Where we are in southern Ontario, it is sunny, it is hot, the Song of the Week, Tom Cochran's Life is a Highway. It's Canadian. This is like hitting the road windows down summer driving music
0: yeah life is a highway you're gonna ride it all night long i didn't know this was a 90s song oh yeah it says it was released 1992
1: it was that is correct
0: yeah and it 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 is definitely hot right now just so you guys know today we are recording in two separate locations uh connor went away for the weekend um how are you liking it there
1: it is so nice we're at talia's parents cottage on lake huron it's beautiful Also, I've got a brief story about Tom Cochran. Let's hear it. That actually comes from uh, Talia's family. So her family are pilots. Tom Cochran is also a pilot, and Talia's brother was learning how to fly at the same airport Tom Cochran flies out of. And apparently, Tom Cochran has crashed a few airplanes in his day. Really? A little reckless with the flying there sometimes.
0: I, I guess so.
1: Talia's brother actually has one of his wrecked propellers. That's from cool. one of those crashes that's super right? cool
0: now when you say like wrecked a few planes crashed a few planes like so talia's families are pilots uh, how many planes have they wrecked
1: none that i'm aware of
0: i am a layman when it comes to flying i just want to know that that's not like a thing like oh yeah every pilot wrecks like 10 planes a year or something
1: no apparently it's not a common thing not a good thing to do uh but
0: that's good that makes me feel more comfortable flying
1: yeah tom cochran well if he ever invites you to fly maybe you just pass
0: should stick to the highways yeah should we move on to this week on yes all right so simpsons ended a couple weeks ago friends was still probably a gleam in someone's eye (laughs) seinfeld as we said had just started its pilot the pilot episode had aired a few months earlier at the end of 1989 but now things are actually beginning it is episode two of season one the stakeout i'm just going to go through the wikipedia plot summary of this so jerry and elaine have just ended their relationship which is a pivotal seinfeld plot point yep oh we used to date but we're just friends elaine invites jerry to a birthday party he agrees to go on the condition that she accompanies him to a wedding that he and his parents have been invited to at the party jerry meets an attractive woman named vanessa he wants to flirt with her but is uncomfortable doing so in Elaine's presence. The woman leaves with another man before Jerry finds out her name. However, he learns that she works at a law firm called Sagman, Bennett, Robbins, Oppenheim, and Taft. During the party, Elaine tries to tell Jerry about a dream she had, which featured him. Jerry tries to end the conversation, but this results in an argument after the party is over. I'm not going to go through the plot anymore. Cool thing is this is, I think, one of the only appearances of the original Morty Seinfeld. Yep. After a while, he is replaced with a different, I think, better Morty Seinfeld. This guy is older, less funny. The guy they eventually get to play Morty Seinfeld, I think, is a lot better.
1: I agree. I think he brought a little bit more pizzazz to the show. So this episode isn't important because of the plot or anything like that. It's it's important because it was the first it was the first real episode.
0: Yeah, this was the first episode as a picked up series. The pilot, as we learn in, you know, season four, basically, when we get a little bit of a meta rundown of how pilots and how Seinfeld works was produced before the show got picked up. So this is the first real episode of Seinfeld as a series.
1: Very cool stuff.
0: Yeah, that's pretty neat.
1: All right. Moving on to one of our newer segments sometime this year, or in this case, sometime this month, sometime this month. J.K. Rowling gets the idea for Harry Potter while on a train from Manchester to London Euston Station. She begins writing Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which will be completed in 1995 and published come 97.
0: Yeah, that is really cool. Just that also that she remembers the month that she sort of just got the idea for it. And maybe it was the train. Maybe it was like the whole like going to Hogwarts kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun to think about.
0: Yeah, I like just to sort of speculate exactly how she got the idea for it. Yeah, we're both pretty big Harry Potter fans, I think. Oh, yeah. We went to the uh, release for like the seventh book, like the midnight release, and Harry Potter was a huge phenomenon. It was a bit more of a 2000s thing, I think, but it still definitely had its roots in the 90s and apparently had its root in June of 1990.
1: We're going to talk a little bit more Harry Potter later on, but for now... Let's jump into our 90s spotlight. This week is, again, something a little different. For our 90s spotlight, we'd like to discuss making your own decisions. Back in the 90s, if you wanted to buy something, you know, a product or a service, you had to make a judgment call as to whether or not it would Fit the bill of whatever you needed. Mm-hmm. In the 2000s, reviews became a huge thing. You can go on Amazon and check out what thousands of people are saying about any given product. You can go on Facebook and see reviews from your neighbors about the local eavesdropper guy. Mm-hmm. Reviews are everywhere now, but back in the 90s.
0: Yeah, restaurants, oh, yeah. TripAdvisor, Google. Everything. When I was staying in New York a couple weeks ago, I was meticulous with Google reviews, which definitely made or broke uh, my decision for where I was going to stay.
1: Yep. And I'm the same way, like, especially for major purchases like electronics, you know, like TVs and laptops, that sort of thing. You always check the reviews because it's foolish not to. But back in the 90s, you had word of mouth and maybe newspapers for certain, you know, travel destinations and movie reviews.
0: You had the media telling you what to yeah. what to think and what to buy basically, or you had like a salesman or a shyster basically trying to push something on you.
1: And you didn't know who you could
0: trust. Exactly. Nowadays, it's like if you if you go to buy a computer and someone tells you to get this, you can back your you can back up that claim with online stuff. Now, was this a good thing or was it a bad thing?
1: I think it was a good thing in that You had to try and do your own research. You weren't just taking other people's opinions at face value if you wanted something, but weren't sure about it. You had to look into it. You had to ask your friends. You had to see if you knew anyone who had one or had a connection. So... There was some legwork that went into it, and I think that kind of that grounds you on purchases. Maybe you don't buy the stupid thing that you don't need because you did more looking into it and thought twice. Yeah, know? but
0: I think I do, I do way more looking into it nowadays than I would have in the 90s. In the 90s, I mean, I guess I didn't have a lot of purchasing power back then. I was limited to candy and milkshakes, uh, which oh, I bought a lot of these dollar milkshakes from the convenience store that I lived by, and they were really good. I don't know why I'm thinking about that. Maybe because I turned the air conditioner off before we recorded. <laughs> to get
1: hot in here i was all about the slurpees mm,
0: yeah oh, 7-eleven you, yeah. you lived you lived near that convenience store where you had those slush puppies
1: uh that's true and yeah. max had frosters very canadian
0: And then I guess you also had to sort of learn by doing, make your own mistakes. I remember being so in love with infomercials, as I think we've talked about before. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but back in the 90s, I was so into the OxyClean infomercials. Billy Mays is probably a personal hero of mine. I don't know why, (laughs) but he's Billy Mays. He's just such a charismatic dude.
1: I think the moral of the story here is that in the 90s, you had to take chances, make mistakes, and get messy
0: that was perfect
1: thank you oh and on the obviously on the flip side of it now having access to a bunch of reviews you don't really know who you can trust especially because there are lots of companies out there That will send out their products to people for free in order to generate five-star reviews, which is BS.
0: Or paying people or bots or something like that. There's a lot of times, sometimes, if you go on to, like, certain Amazon reviews where you'll see a lot of... I love this product. It has helped me in my day-to-day work. This product I love. It has helped me in my day-to-day work. And just basically just rehashes of the same things. People are probably being paid a buck for writing a hundred amazon reviews for like certain products or you do still have to weed through the reviews to try to find the ones that seem legitimate and hopefully have your best interest in mind yep can i
1: can i bring up regular reviewers this seems like the time oh yeah
0: yeah you need to plug that okay
1: so Tally and i started a youtube page a little while ago called regular reviewers and We're two people who use reviews for a lot of things, for better and worse, like we just discussed. So we decided that because we use all these reviews, but have never written any ourselves because we're terrible people, uh, that we would start doing video reviews for just really mundane, regular stuff like water bottles and garbage or garbage can and silly things. So we started doing that and it's okay. We've got like like some views and stuff over a thousand on one of them. That's pretty good. Probably. Which one? Uh, the water bottle review.
0: Oh, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, Uh, yeah, I mean, they're pretty good reviews. They're funny, they're informative. If there's anything you're looking to buy, um, hey, you know what? I think people, if anyone wants to suggest a product that you should review, I think, yeah, uh, that'd be good. I think that's a good idea.
1: Anyway, if you look up regular reviewers, you can find us on YouTube. We have, I think, four or five reviews up now. We just did Amiibo, which are fun, fun little miniature statues that you can use in Nintendo games.
0: Yeah. If you haven't if you haven't uh, figured it out, we like Nintendo. We do. Yeah. Now, onto one more segment. Despite the fact that that seemed kind of like a sponsor, <laughs> no money was involved. No money changed hands because That's it would true. just be going back into your own hands, I guess. Yep. But each week, we like to imagine that we have an actual sponsor. It gives us a little something to strive towards and hope for in the future. So we like to practice. Connor, what's our sponsor this week?
1: This week's sponsor is a distinctly late 90s problem. This week's sponsor is not knowing how to pronounce the name Hermione. Oh, yeah. Hermione, right?
0: Hermione. 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 Ugh. It was like my mental dialogue was always something like Herm. and then it kind of just trailed off. That's how the inner voice while I was reading the first three, possibly four books went.
1: Because we didn't know. We didn't know better. No one told us. No
0: one told us. I mean, I guess we really could have sounded it out phonetically, maybe even like her... Own. I think her I think her moan was were, was said before. I remember hearing that dropped a couple times.
1: Yeah, I'm sure this was discussed on the news and J.K. Rowling did an interview at some point, but I didn't see it.
0: We didn't have the internet in the 90s, so we couldn't just, like, Google how to pronounce Hermione. Right? Also, that's a terrible trap right now. If you Google how to pronounce something, there are things on telling you how to pronounce the word properly on YouTube. But there are also troll YouTube accounts that <laughs> will tell you... A completely wrong way to pronounce it. Some are completely obvious, where they'd just be like "Hermunamama," but there's <laughs> others that might just be like, just say with conviction, like Her "Hermanon," "Hermanone." Her-man-on. That's
1: fantastic.
0: Yeah. So you can learn a lot of things online, but don't trust everybody.
1: To round this one up, I remember being in the theater, seeing that first movie, and the moment when I heard Hermione's name spoken for the first time a little light bulb went off in my head because it corrected me from then on out no longer did i have to guess i knew for certain and that was a pivotal moment
0: it was a game changer
1: it was a game changer
0: yeah i know how to say your name now harry easy ron easy now i know how to say hermione so we would like to thank the 90s for confusing us about this probably relatively simple word but hey we were kids all right now to round out the podcast um connor you plug some shit i'll get the wheel ready
1: all right so you can find us on facebook if you look up stuck in the 90s it'll take you to our page uh we post our episodes there we post things that people send us uh this last week we actually got a playlist a 90s mix cd which was super cool very high fidelity so thank you for that uh to the fellow who sent that our way
0: yeah, that was really cool, and yeah, I wanna, I kind of want to expand on that at some point, maybe do a music week. We're going to be going into the summer months uh, soon, so movies are going to be on point, but TV is going to be a little less, because Seinfeld, Simpsons, or Friends won't be on. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple solutions up our sleeve, but we'll see.
1: Absolutely. You can also find us on Instagram at Stuck in the 90s Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at SIT90s, and...
0: That's nine zero.
1: That is nine zero. And you can always email us at stuck in the nineties podcast at gmail.com.
0: All right. Uh, I think you probably mentioned just about everything. I think so. Yeah. Uh, let's figure out what we're doing next, uh, next week. Next week will be June the third, June 3rd to the 10th, Ninth. June 3rd to 9th. All right. Close enough. Let's give this a spin. All right, Connor, you can't see this, but it totally landed. On 95. I trust you. It landed on on 10.
1: It landed on five. That's what I heard.
0: All right. So we will (laughs) see you next week in, I don't know, second week of June, 1995. Uh, I'm turning my air conditioner back on.
1: Oh, that means the podcast is now over.
0: It is. Now I have to help Rob move.
1: Ugh.